Uh, hey, if you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts or, you know, running through your brain. Physical feelings and sensations, emotions, you know, turbulence internally, you know, inside noises, outside noises, it changes in weather routine, stormy weather, you know, metaphorically or actual stormy weather. Though stormy weather tends to be something good to sleep to for them, you know, depending on the degree. Uh, but whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do, I think I said I'd create a safe place where you could set it aside. And the way I'll accomplish that, or attempt to, is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I'm going to spread my wings of pointlessness and, you know, fly around, like drift around, you know, like... Uh, in, in circles and not go, not really going anywhere. And not like as the crow flies. Is it as the crow flies or as the bird flies? Because you say, well, as the crow flies, it's pretty close. Unless that crow scoots and then it'll take forever. And he might not, he might, you know, then I'll have a mouthful of string. And you'll say, I thought you were going to get that message, Shell Jenkins over there. And, and then, uh, now you got, are you building a nest with all the string? No, I just got to, I saw the string and I, it was purple. So I went down there and got it. And then I said, well, you know, what would go good with the purple spring, spring, string is I'd like to dip it in a spring and then dip my spring, string in a spring. So I did that. And then I said, oh, what was I going to do before I got distracted by this spring? I got distracted by the string because I was going to get some pink string to go with this purple spring, string. But then, and then I thought about a spring, and so I said I'd like to carry a spring with string, and while I sing. But then I realized I was a bird, so I took. Then I went and got sing. Sorry, I'm late with the message. But that would be what it would be like if I was a bird. But like, but instead, I do a sleep podcast. So just in case you're new, so um, that was a micro uh, example of what the podcast is like. But basically, I'm trying to create the essence of the spirit of sitting around the campfire with friends, wherever all your friends and you are asleep. And there's just one friend, a little chattering friend named Scoots, who, who's, you see, the main storyteller, you know, with the life lesson stories and the myth, they already went to bed too. But I come in, I tell the stories that people sleep to. So I want to create a warm, friendly place because I'm glad you're here, as I always say. But if you're new, you wouldn't know that. But I do always say that, and I mean it. Uh, but if you're new, here's the things. Here's the structure of the show. Five minutes of business. That's important because it keeps the show free. Then we have an intro, which we're just starting. Those are about 12 minutes or so. You can skip them. Some pe- for some people, that is the show. Like, it's uh, somewhat familiar, but somewhat different. If you were Klingon, you'd, you'd say you had a ca- case of nib- Nibpo, N-I-B-P-O-H or something, uh, which Worf uh, says, Nibpo, uh, the feeling I've done this before. In, in uh, our parlance, it's, uh, what do they call that, deja vu, 
which is like, like if you're in the matrix, that's not, you know, wouldn't be relaxing. But in this case, it is. Uh, as Dr. Crusher says, uh, I've been having the same feeling. Uh, she says to, she validates Worf's feelings of Nippo. And what's weird, the, the, I've done probably, what, 530 or so uh, podcast intros. I never have had Nippo with the podcast intro, even though I do, do I really, cause they're never the same. Because I still haven't quite figured out this podcast that, that puts you to sleep. I know how to do it. I don't know what I'm, I don't, I know what I, I know how to do it, but I don't know what I'm doing. A little bit of a paradox. But here's what I know works, is being welcoming and warm and kind, as kind as I can be, and having a long intro. I think that's what I was trying to explain the structure of the show. Holy mold, holy nibpo. I just dropped something on my nibpo. You get that? Uh, so like my toe. The rhyme, nibpo rhymes with toe. Also rhymes with Edgar Allan Poe. But So we have a long intro. Then tonight we talk about Star Trek. I'll do that for about 45 minutes. Then we'll have some thank yous. So the whole show's an hour. At any point, you could stop listening, whether I'm talking about Nibpo, Edgar Allan Poe, whatever I was talking about earlier that I already forgot about, a little tangent, oh, about me being a bird or a crow. Uh, and like, so you, you, you can listen. It should be just mildly entertaining enough and engaging to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. A little bit of, uh, I call them bored giggle spritz, like where you kind of, or guffaw. Probably not, just because guffaw doesn't get used much anymore. So you could see, say, what's a guffaw? I say, well, like a, like a guffaw and a yawn, yawn combined is what you might do for this podcast. So then you'll, you'll like, obviously, you'll take your, uh, not, I didn't, obviously, I, I didn't, I don't, I think I was trying to think of another word and obviously just came out of my mouth because nothing's obvious about it. I want to hold your hand a little bit if you're comfortable with that. Otherwise, I just guide you closely because I'm trying to escort you across the threshold from uh, wake to sleep. That's why I send my voice across the deep, dark night. But you're under no pressure to listen to me. You're also under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here about an hour. And I'll be present to, to just to do these shows. I really like I'm like in all other aspects of my life. I'm not present. I'm distracted. I'm thinking about stuff. That's why I can relate to be not being able to fall asleep. I'm like, I'm, you know, listing things, thinking about tomorrow, yesterday, all those things at once. When I'm here making this podcast, I'm, I'm here with you. And I'm trying to be here in the moment and let the, let, let the intro unfold. You know, not, if I feel nippo, I just got to keep going. Because and the reason I make the show is because I've been there. I've been there sleepless, tossing and turning, mind racing, or feelings churning. Whatever it is that's keeping you awake, it might be something I, I can't, I haven't experienced, but maybe I can relate to it. And maybe it's just a sense of vague, a sense of nippo where you get in bed and you, like, and I guess it isn't one of the things, like, uh, I want to take you off that hamster wheel. You, you reach out my hand and say, hey, come on, let me help you off that thing. Run around in circles, uh, bedtime after bedtime. And maybe this podcast is what does it for you, or maybe, like, the podcast becomes part of a bedtime routine, or maybe this podcast doesn't work for you, but you move on and you, you find something different. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe yodeling's what'll work for you. I don't know, maybe I'll try that tonight. I've never tried to fall asleep to yodeling, but maybe tonight will be the night. You know, or audiobooks or whatever, Bob Ross, whatever it is. Uh, 
You know, because I, I don't want you running around on that wheel night after night, like dreading bedtime. That's why I try to make this show a little bit silly, a little bit goofy. I don't t- even though I'm here and I'm working hard, uh, you know, it's a relaxed kind of hard work uh, uh, with a smile on my face. Uh, see, can you feel that smile? I'm smiling for you because, uh, you know, I, I want to take the seriousness. I want to drain some of that uh, tension balloon. And, you know, this is what I strive for. I, I, I don't reach it usually, but that's okay. Is to make bedtime like a little bit delightful, to inject just a, a tiny dose of delight in there where you could breathe and relax and let Scoots ramble on and you don't have to do any work. And believe me, all your brain bots or whatever is keeping you awake, I'll try to keep them entertained. I'm glad you're here, but I'm glad all those other things that keep you awake are here too because I want to keep them all company. You know, I'm your friend, your boar friend. Which isn't a you know normal everyday relationship. Just just via pod, the only place to be proper is via podcast. When I'm not you know I'm your boyfriend. And you don't got to deal with me. What what's a better friendship than that? You know you could. What kind of friend says you want to put me on a sleep timer? Go for it. You want to skip? You want to start me 14 minutes in the middle of it? Go for it. It's fine with me. Whatever works for you. Now, if you're new here, the podcast doesn't work for everybody, but it does take a few tries. It's a really common thing I read with the emails I get or the reviews I read or people I hear from online. Say, first couple of times, I wasn't too sure about you. You're a little bit squirrely, Scoots. And I'd say, well, no, no, more like a squirrel's tail. I don't know if I make up a whole squirrel, but I could be like that squirrel's tail. Where you say, like, like, like just floating back and forth, distracting you. Well, you know, they say, well, gee, I don't know about the voice or the humor stuff, but it, is, it takes two or three tries. And then for some people, podcast works for, but it doesn't work for everybody. So you're under no pressure to like this podcast or to have it work for you or to fall asleep. You know, just take it as it comes and see if it works for you. And I'd love it if it does, because you know, then it, what could be the better result? Like, you really deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve those things uh, to be able to sink into your pillow, to be able to exhale, and to be able to drift off into dreamland. If I can enable it or assist it or even just accompany it, like, like I ramble, you do all the crossing over, you do all the drifting, and I just fade away into the background, and then, you know, Whatever, you got me on a sleep timer or you're sleeping through whatever I'm saying. But I also want to reassure you, I'll be here. I'll be here for an hour. So, you know, take your time, too. And, you know, tonight we'll be talking about a recent episode of Star Trek, a bit like a Groundhog's Day, where there was a little bit of a, a deja vu or nibpo going on. Nibpo sounds more like a game you play, though, like kind of like the Klingon version of Duck, Duck, Goose. Though with those of us that know Klingons, you know, we would know, like, but in a fantasy Klingon world, because if Klingons were playing Duck, Duck, Goose, you know, it'd be with a warrior mindset. But if if we're projecting our own meaning onto the Klingons, you say, well, what do you call, what'd you call that game you played, Worf, when you were a child? Oh, Nippo. It's like Duck, Duck, Goose, but we kiss the tops and they say, you're not a Klingon at all. I said, yeah, that's right. I was raised by a couple of couple of humans, we, you know, that's what we called it, where we lived. And you say, you're the cutest dwarf. Can I, can I, can I kiss the top of your head? The, you know, for me, he would say, like, uh, dwarf's got nice hair, too. I mean, I know it's probably not real. 
Anyway, so here's my main message. I'm glad you're here. I just, I don't know how I got off track, but uh, Nippo, Duck Duck Goose, Nippo. Uh, but you, you know, like I say every episode, I'm glad you're here. And I really hope I yearn uh, and I work hard to help you fall asleep. And I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming by. All right. Good night. Okay. So here we are. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Sleep with TNG, everybody. And I have my full setup here, and I'm getting ready to play the video or stream the whatever you want to call it. Well, no, it didn't go, it didn't go there. So we'll give it another try. Uh, it's downloaded, so it should it should start playing now. It's spinning, but cause and effect. This was quite the episode, and it opens with, right with action, which is the first time. And there's a, like, just like what was going on in River City, T-R-U-O-B-L-E, Trouble in River City. It starts with a, a C. Like, it started, like, I don't know what it starts with on this episode because it's moving fast. This is like the fastest I've seen an episode move. And this is like a bit of a Groundhog Day, but we see a lot of teamwork going on because uh, the Enterprise is having some uh, stability issues. It brought up escape pods, which I, for some reason, I thought the trans, I didn't think the Enterprise had escape pods. Uh, the one time I looked into it, and I think this is the story run through. I think we'll probably run through the uh, opening. Uh, Riker slips uh, during one part, and uh, let's see, they say, uh, uh, hey, this is a bridge. Everybody get to the escape pods. The core, you know, we've co- we got to get this core. We had, like we have an antimatter containment. Jordy wants to eject the core. Uh, core breach is imminent, so Captain Picard's like, "Everybody get off the ship! All hands abandon ship!" And they don't manage to abandon the ship. So this is like a, a Groundhog Day. So this is a we call it failure one. Then the episode opens, and the captain's log star date. Four five six five two point one uh, enterprises in the Typhon Expanse, uh, first Starfleet vessel to chart this region, and that was the first time I've noticed that sh- foreshadowing. We're the f- first Starfleet vessel to chart this unexplored region. Region, yeah. Then we have a card game. Now pay attention. There's a lot of uh, like uh, a lot of interesting stuff when you watch this episode a bunch of times. Um, let's see, Data shuffling, Riker's like, I wonder if he's stacking the deck, and Data says, I assure you, this is important dialogue, I assure you, Commander, the cards are sufficiently randomized, and Data has a sweet visor with iridescent sparkles, like that, uh, you know, uh, you see on old school, po- like, I, like I, I, I don't like using, overusing the word cute, but it is cute how Data's adopting. I, I don't know. I just really like uh, He really tries hard, but in this fun kind of way. So he has his visor on. Uh, Dr. Crusher's play. So it's a poker game. It's Worf, Riker, Data, and Dr. Crusher. But Dr. Crusher looks distracted. And they have to tell her, hey, it's your bet. And what does it say? Calm, prudent, parental, but prudental, but sad. Maybe it's the look on Dr. Crusher's face, calm, uh, something but sad. Uh, she says, thank you, Data. And then uh, at some point, Worf says 50. Uh, when he bets, he says it kind of like in a high voice, like I used when I answered the phone, hello? 
hello, can I go to the store? Like, uh, he says, 50? Uh, when he, oh, no, Riker raises a wharf or Crusher or somebody, and Worf says, 50? And a little, uh, but like, I don't mean to criticize because, and I don't, I don't know that much about poker, but I know there's something called pot odds, P-O-T-O-D-D-S. And there's a lot of betting going on. And I would have to, I have to maybe object to data's card play in, in the, like, cause at some point the pot odds become so great. So what do pot odds mean is like. There's the money in the pot, and then there's the money you need to put into the pot at any given moment. And if the pot is like $200 and you need to put only $10 in, I think you're getting pot odds of what, 20 to 1, 200 to 1, yeah, 20 to 1. And so, like, like, I don't know what the pot odds were, but I just wondered if Data was making the right decision when Data folds. Uh, yeah, because there's a $20 bet, and at that point, there's a lot of money in the pot, and data folds. It doesn't make any sense uh, unless he, he knows that someone's going to raise after him, which maybe he did. He knew Riker was going to raise uh, or assumed it, so he's putting that into his pot odds. Also really fun is that data's doing this commentary as he's dealing. Um, like, dealer gets a four, pair ladies for the doctor, yeah, that's that's very fun. Like when Data has fun, I have fun. And Data, I guess I didn't even realize this when he says "too rich for my blood." I didn't even realize that that was a thing. And this is showdown between Crusher and Riker. She calls him. He's raising. He's playing very aggressively, and she calls him down. Like uh, they're playing. Uh, I think they're playing. Oh shoot! It changed. I think they're playing some sort of. Um, they're playing stud. I, I, I think. I don't know if they're playing, I can't remember if they're playing five card stud or seven card stud, but, uh, but Riker calls it down and he's showing like he could have a straight or something, but even Worf's like, I don't think he has the straights. And Crusher's like, calls him out. She already has a pair of queens. And let's see, she crawls like Riker with glee. Then she gets called to the sick bay. Jordy's having some trouble. Uh, with his vision, he says that she's a, like, I, uh, I got some vertigo, vertigo, like, uh, Crusher says, Jesus, it seems like you have an inner ear infection, but uh, you don't, uh, maybe you're just working too hard. And Jordy says, you got it. You're telling me this Typhon expanse is a serious work. And she gives him 20 cc's of vertizine, I think. And I said, that, that'll clear up the dizziness. But she says, maybe find some time to relax. And she says, Jesus, this happened before? Uh, and Jordy says, uh, no. And she goes, are you positive? He goes, yeah, why? She goes, I feel like we've talked about this before. And I thought I gave you a, a hypo spray for dizziness. And Jordy says, no, you're thinking about somebody else. She goes, no, sure it was you. And she says, well, get some rest and I'll talk to you in, uh, later. And then we see, um, like, a, we really get a glimpse into Dr. Crusher's evening routine, which is important for those of us that have trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep. And she does seem to have a very, she's in a room, she's singing or more humming uh, to herself, and she's clipping some orchids, I, I think. She's in her jammies, 
So she's doing something like, like meditative, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it, like we didn't see what she was doing before it. So I don't know if she got in bed and she said, well, those orchids need to be clipped. Or she, I mean, she was humming in a way that she was relaxing while clipping him. She has pink jammies on with a ribbon in her hair and a nightcap, like a, not a nightcap on her head, but a nightcap, a little drink in a little drinky poo glass. Uh, she puts her book in her bed. But her book is in her bed. Oh, like she had a book in her bed. That's why I was confused. They said, why is her book in her bed if she's not in her bed? Like almost like she'd gotten into bed and gotten back out. Like her book's in her bed and she picks it up and she puts it on the table. So she was never in her bed with her book, but her book was in her bed. And then she goes to go to sleep. She puts a book. She's got a bowl of a blue substance. I don't know if that's like, what are those things called? Essential oil fuser, diffuser. Yeah, but it's this blue substance. Like she has a blue a bowl bowl of blue stuff next to her bed. And then she kinda hears some noise. It sounds like voices. It wakes her up and she knocks her glass over when she's turning on her light. Then we have Jordy at a map of the Typhon expanse, who's Jordy's talking about how big it is. If we want to chart it, we're gonna launch a probe. Riker wants to know about luminosity studies. The flux spectrometers are down, and they're not back up, and the stellar d- d- dynamics labs, then then data says, how about a gravitron polometer? polometer? And they said, Here, that's my favorite. I love gravitrons. And Picard says, make it so, data. If Scoots loves gravitrons, it, you know, see if you could shoot some um, dark matter into Scoots' brain. Make it so. And then once again, we see how respected mental health and treating people with respect and dignity goes on this ship. Because Crusher says, yeah, I got something I want to report. And they go, go ahead. She goes, I heard some voices in my room. And she says, first I thought it was my imagination, but 10 other people heard them. And Troy says, well, what did the voices say? And Crusher says, I couldn't tell. And the record says, did the date sensors pick into anything data? And data says, not anything anomalous. And Riker says, check the logs then. And and then they say, Riker uh, says, Counselor Troy, what do you think? She says, nah, I don't sense anything. Jordy said, well, maybe it's the comm system. And then Worf calls. Worf calls from the bridge. He goes, we got some weird stuff. Uh, get up here, everybody. And then we're kind of picking up where we last left off or not. Uh, they're on, everyone's on the bridge. Uh, and Ensign Rose on the bridge. And she says, geez, we're on top of this weird phenomenon, localized distortion of space-time continuum, according to Worf. Uh, let me just double-check. Unusual readings to the bridge. Uh, team, another great such uh of teamwork. The only thing was it was a really slow teamwork because then another ship comes out of this space-time cloud and it's like everything's happening like fast, but everyone on the ship is going slow. It was maddening because uh, they say, okay, but like Ricard says, okay, let's back up from this cloud. And then Rose says, oh, geez, the thrusters aren't working. And then Data says the field's fluctuating. Then the main systems go down. Power levers drop. Riker hits a red alert. And they say, geez, there's an energy buildup. And then Troy, Troy senses something. She says, we got to break, you know. got to get out like Jordash. And then Captain Data says, then there's a smaller ship comes out. And they say, shields up. Let's try to get out of the way. Shields won't work. 
And Data says, you know, we got 36 seconds to figure something out. And Picard says, hail him. War says, nope. And then Riker says, suggestions, which I love how collaborative he is. Uh, so Riker says, hey, geez, shields up. Let's try to evasive maneuvers. And War says, no shields. Uh, so Riker says, well, why don't we decompress the main shuttle bay? And that reaction will take us out of the way. But Data says, what about the tractor beam to push the ship out of the way? And Picard thinks about it. He says, okay, make it so, Worf, presumably on the tractor beam, which Worf does. Uh, but they bump at one another. Riker says, damn it. So this becomes fail number two. Because uh, Riker says, she's damage report. And then they say, geez, we got trouble everywhere. And uh, we're venting drive plasma. Core shut down. And we see the same thing happen again uh, from slightly different angles. I think there was an ad, like, at some point, like, before the real action hit. Um, let's see. Po- oh, no, no, no. Then there's an ad. Uh, then it says, then Captain's Log repeats, they're in the Typhon Expanse. Uh, so, yeah, things don't work out. It does. It fails. They fail again, and then they repeat. Uh, so they're playing poker again. The Captain's Log, we're in the Typhon Expanse. And Riker says his line, sometimes I wonder if he's stacking the deck, and Vader says it's a randomized bro. Uh, and Worf's studying his chip, but that was one thing I forgot to note the first time that I was enjoying, is Worf's really paying attention to his poker chip and his hand, fingers. And Dr. Crusher's definitely having fun, but then she gets the queens and she pauses, and she it looks like something's wrong. Uh, they say, pair ladies for the doctor. And then the data gets a nine and says, Doctor, you, you, know, you have the highest hand. Do you want to bet? And she, said, huh. and she goes, and they say, no. She goes, no, I'll bet 10. And then Riker raises, and then there's a super close up of uh, Crusher's face, and uh, like where it's like, uh huh, like, uh, and then they kind of play it out, play it out, like, uh, she, uh, uh, Riker says, you're going to call my bluff, aren't you? Uh, and she goes, how'd you know? And he goes, I had a feeling. She goes, yeah, me too. Then she gets called to sick bay again uh, to tend to Geordi. Uh Even Worf, though, looked uh, unnerved at this scene, like uh, when it was like that something wasn't right. So then they talk about Geordi's inner ear, but no physical. And then uh, Dr. Crusher pauses she says, come to think of it, we've had this discussion before. And then she kind of says, well, what about those headaches related to your visor or something? I can't remember. And I think headaches related to your visor. Jordy touches it for effect when she mentions this visor. And I said, geez, it must be, Jordy says, it must be deja vu. And she says, both of us like having deja vu? Maybe we should check the medical logs. Or maybe they did check the medical logs. But, yeah, that's when she says it was her visor. Uh, Then it's bedtime in Crusher's room. And let's see. She's in the same pink PJs. It's shot at a different angle. Trimming the flowers. She has her nightcap, but she pauses at her sip and puts 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 it down or puts her book down. And gets in bed, but she does not close her eyes. And then she hears the voices and it knocks over her, tra- her drink again. Her drink was in a slightly different place, though. 
And then she calls John Luke. She says, you got a minute, John Luke, in the middle of the night for a chat? He goes, oh, yeah, come on down. And then this was interesting. He, uh, right, Picard is cooking up some steamed milk, his Aunt Adele's steamed milk recipe. I thought it was Earl. He's in gray. He was having book deja vu. And it has nutmeg in it. That's all we know about the steamed milk. It's steamed milk with nutmeg and some other secret ingredients. He's trying to perfect the recipe. That's what Picard does when he can't sleep. Maybe I'll try some warm nutmeg milk tonight. And let's see. Crusher says, geez, it was the weirdest thing, you know, when the, when I, she was, I, I knew I had done this all before. And that's when Picard says, yeah, I felt like that was my book. And Christian said, I've, I've felt this way for hours. And then with the voices, and Ricard says, well, it might just be a result of a sleepless night, but let's be sure. We'll do, again, respect, uh, we'll run a shipwide diagnostic uh, and talk about the results tomorrow. And she says, thanks for everything. And he says, thank uh, Dell. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Crusher is in uniform, uh, but still has the pink ribbon in her hair. That was some other... Uh, also, I liked Picard's good night voice. Also, when she was sitting on his uh, couch, she had her knees up on his uh, her chest. And then when Picard says, well, I liked how he took a deep breath. Uh, uh, so then they're at the staff meeting. Worf calls Jordy uh, uh, or Dana and Jordy are like, geez, we, there's no scans. So then Worf calls uh, from, he says, get up to the bridge. And there's a pull into Crusher's face. Like, okay, this isn't, this isn't good. He's like, we got a damn, you know, report. And then I felt like Crusher was, uh, she'd watched the movie, The Matrix. She was, she has awakened, I put. And then I, I don't understand this. It's a very video game, like deep doing it over and over. I don't know what that meant. Oh, like, I guess, yeah, no, it reminded me of video games, like, because then they have fail number three, like, with a different angle of the Enterprise, same teamwork, uh, but things still don't work out. It reminded me of playing video games when you just got to keep, you're trying to solve a puzzle or get past a level or, you know, take out a boss, like a big boss battle, and, and you keep doing it over and over again. This is kind of what it feels like the Enterprise is doing now. Then there's an ad, and then we're at round four, and then they say, like, uh, then there's a little foreshadowing, which has been foreshadowing, because they say, uh, geez, are you stacking the deck, Data? And Data says, no, uh, cards are sufficiently randomized. And Worf says, I hope so. And then Worf's the one that's like, hmm, like, Worf just feels off, and they put, oh, oh uh, and they say, Jesus, something wrong, and he's, Worf says, yeah, I'm experiencing nibapo, uh, like, the feeling I've done this before, and Riker says, yeah, every Tuesday, and Worf says, that's not what I mean, and Crusher goes, I know what you mean, I'm having the same feeling, keep dealing, Data. And Crusher starts naming the cards before they're dealt. She goes, you're going to give me a queen, then you're going to give a four. And she goes, keep dealing. And Data says, no one's bad. And then she says, forget the bad. Ten, seven, queen. Then Worf says, nine, jack, four. Riker knows, do six. And Data says, this is highly improbable. And Riker, Riker says, how do we know that? And Crusher says, hold on. And then they call her to sick bay. 
Oh, no, she calls sickbay. She says, Jordy in there? And they go, no, oh, wait, he just walked in. And then they, she examines Jordy. Let's see, let's see my notes. Oh, let's see. There's like a Riker, Riker and Worf shared a look uh, when uh, Crusher knows the cards. Uh, uh, data, like there's a, data's like shot high. Then there's a zoom on Worf. Then there's a zoom on, oh, highly improbable. But there's like a great zoom on Worf when he says Jack 9 4, and then a nice zoom on Riker at 2 when he says 2 6. Uh, then Picard meets him at Med Bay with Crusher and Jordy because they say, gee, something weird's going down. Like, have you got any deja vu? And Picard goes, yeah, when I was reading, why'd you ask? And Crusher says, shit, everyone on the whole ship's having deja vu. And I knew Jordy was coming into sick bay. And I knew the tests were going to be negatives, but I did an obstacle di- optical diagnostic, and something's going on with his phase shift and his visual receptors. He's seeing blurry after images. It's something with the Dachyon field, and it's trouble. And he's the dwarf's, Jordy says, could be the warp field generator. I'll check it out. And Ricard says, run a subspace scan, too. And Jordy does a lot of quiet nodding. Uh, and then the Enterprise, and then Crusher's in a room. She's fully dressed, though. She's not in her jammies. She's standing and reading. She's clearly nervous. No plant clippings. Uh, she picked up some, picked up something, puts it down. Maybe she picks up her drink. She picks up something, puts it back down, rubs her hands, sits on her bed, grabs her drink, and is like a, like a, no, that's not right. Moves it across the other side of the room, then turns out her light. She hears her voice as she hits record, like almost like she's like, um, like some sort of paranormal investigator. Like she's like a ghostbuster almost. And then she calls Jordy uh, something about a sensor stage. Uh, you don't know what that means. That's what it's, it looks like. Sensor stage. I don't know. Jordy says, on my way. Oh, or Jordy says, yeah, we're working down here. Come on down or something. She knocks over her drink then. And she meets with Data and Jordy. They're talking about, uh, Jesus is, uh, they get six seconds of audio. Let's clean it up. And uh, clearly, you weren't hearing. You were hearing something that was real. And uh, we picked up a Dekian field distortion. He in subspace, so maybe they're related. Data like does an analysis. Uh, get, gets rid of all like uh, vocal, non-vocal conform. Then Data, like, listens and, like, uh, you know, he does his own audio. and He would be great at editing podcasts. I mean, it probably wouldn't be the best use. I wonder who would be better. Probably Data. C-3PO. Data, I think, has a little more artistry. And Data is listening to things. He says, okay, there's a thousand voices. The voices of the Inter- Enterprise crew. Uh, his head was like, his head, like his head was turning, like he was like a dog bird or something. And like, uh, something. And then there's a zoom to Crusher when he says the voices of the Enterprise crew are voices. And she's like, what? And then they go to an ad. Uh, then there's a staff meeting and Crusher says, sorry about this early meeting, but, uh, we might have an explanation. It's going to sound pretty wild. And when you say that, I put for them exclamation point. When it's wild for the crew of the Enterprise, like, uh, 
that's it's pretty wild, you know. So, um, like, I mean, because they've seen so many things, it's so, so it's like it's like for them to say it's wild. I, I don't know. I, I was just struck by that thing about all the adventuring they've been doing. But Jordy says, okay, we're stuck in a causality loop or something. Like, a, we're, this particular fragment of time we've been repeating over and over again. And Troy says, so it's causing deja vu. And Crusher says, yeah, but more than that, like, in deja vu, you think you're repeating events. We are. And Jordy says, yeah, here's, and they even have, like, a little uh, slide deck or whatever. Jordy says, yeah, we begin the loop. Uh, something happens, and then we start over again. But we don't remember what happened. So each time through the loop, we think it's the first. And Riker's like, so we've done this a dozen times already, maybe? And they say possibly a hundred, a thousand, who knows? Uh, And Crusher says, if that's what's true, you know, it could have been, those voices could have been echoes from the other loops. And Jordy says, I'm seeing after images in my visor. And Picard says, well, if you're right, what, what caused it? And Data says, well, I got a hypothesis. He goes, this is what I heard when I listened to that recording. Most of it was ordinary, 150 discussions about ship operations, 252 conversations of personal nature, five couples in romantic encounters. So out of uh, 10,000 ships, 1,000 people on the ship, uh, 10 people are making sweet love. And Picard says, Data, get to the point. And Data says, then something happens. Uh, Like, you you say everybody abandoned ship. uh, They play the audio. Worf saying, we got a localized distortion of space-time continuum. You got Data saying collision course. And then Picard saying, everybody off the ship. and they they say, okay, well, maybe it was something with that distortion, and we're we're stuck in this time loop. And Picard says, well, geez, if that's right, then maybe whatever happens, we got to avoid it. And Jordy, Jordy says, yeah, it's our guess. And War says, maybe we should change course. But then Riker says, no, 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 that could be what leads us to to, to the to, to the trouble. And Picard obviously says, you know what? We can't second guess ourselves. We'll stay on course until we need to change it. Let's do everything we can to avoid a collision. And LaForge says, Captain, we might not be able to figure this out in time. Uh, so Picard says, well, what do you think? He says, well, could we send a little message to the next? I mean, this is my favorite Geordi episode. He's really solving problems. Because Geordi says, well, maybe we could send it to the next loop. And Riker says, how? And then they talk about the Dekion field, maybe put an echo into Data's brain. Troy says, like, a message in a bottle. And they say, yeah, just a short, like, almost like a tweet. Like, we're placing it shorter than a tweet in Data's brain, like a Morse code. And Riker says, well, how will we know next time? And they say, well, if we'll receive the information, Data will receive it on a subconscious level, what you'd call that but we don't know how we'll perceive it, like a post-hypnotic suggestion. And Picard says, well, we got to try, so let's do it. Dismissed. Uh, let's see what else. Worf refers to distortion. Perhaps we could reverse course. Uh, and more ideas. Uh, send info. Okay, so that's it. Um, then we see Data's brain. 
And Jordy's, Jordy's like, geez, Data, you think we did this a thousand times already? And Crusher says, do you think so? And Jordy says, no. And she goes, neither do I. Maybe that's a good sign it's our first time. And then they test it, and it, it, it seems like it's working. All we need now is a message. So Data has, like, he's wearing, like, a thing to program a message to send into the next loop because they don't know what to send yet. Seems like they could have had a meeting about that, but it works out uh, how it does. So then we have fail number four, um, where the ship comes at them. It seems like they're catching, like they're building up speed and like solving problems. Uh, but as the other ship comes, it like data like right at the last minute, he starts programming because he realizes that following his advice didn't work out. So. Uh, like a last second after he realizes he, he's programming into his Dekion emitter, uh, cause fail number four happens and, uh, then they repeat it, uh, Typhon Expanse, Captain Log, charting the unexplored region, then we're at the poker game, uh, it's at a little bit more of a distant cam, uh, camera angle, the banter's a little bit faster, uh, Worf has Nippo again, and Riker says the same thing. Crusher says the same thing. She starts calling, but this, man, this show is good. The writing is good. It, like, really fooled me. Because Crusher says, okay, I know what the next cards are going to be. Eight, ace, queen, and four. Deal the cards. Everyone gets a three. And Data says, wrong. Everybody got a three. Crusher says, geez, I knew I was positive. And Worf said, so was I. And Riker just says, deal some more. And then it ends up everybody has a three of a kind. And Crusher says, that's, that's weird. A three, then three of a kind. And then they get called down to sick bay for Jordy. She talks to Jordy like, uh, you know, I got, got dizzy. She says, inner ear infection, but nothing physical. I put data's fast type. I don't know what that means. All three, oh, da, just data's fast dealing, maybe? Data deals fast. But she says, geez, so let's check the medical logs, Jordy. Have we talked about this before? And Jordy says, no. Deja vu, she says, no. Let's check your opticals. Uh, have you changed your visor lately? She goes, no, you're having a visual shift. Uh, uh, then they call Picard, and they say, get to sick bay immediately. Doctor says, uh, you know, Picard says, no problem. And Christian says, he's got these blurry after images, and we ran a scan to see what he's feeling, seeing. And they say, well, geez, it could be the sub, you know, warp generator. And then Picard says, run a subspace scan and keep me advised. And then... Uh, uh, Jordy says, uh, data run the, uh, the, the, the subspace scan, uh, do a level two diagnostic and data says, uh, certainly, but there's all threes coming up. Uh, like, oh, this is when data's typing fast, maybe. And data says, I've been running to the number three an inordinate number of times. Uh, and they say, yeah, we got Dekian field f fluctuations, and that's when Crusher hears the voices, and Jordy says, yeah, we've seen something, too. And then she she says, I'm on my way down, and then she breaks her glass, uh, and she says, I'm fine, don't worry. And then they have the same staff meeting where Jordy Data's talking about the recordings, and 
of Worf saying, you know, space-time distortion and then impact and then abandon. And they're trying to figure it out. And then they're like, well, geez, uh, they, Jordy does figure out maybe we're in a, a, a like, repeating loop of time. And then Picard's like, well, maybe we could avoid it if we figure this out. And then Worf says, reverse course. Riker says, no. That was like, uh, and Picard says, no, 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 let's not second guess ourselves. And then Jordy says, also, Captain, there's been the number three all over the ship on consoles, poker game, 2,085 conspicuous examples of the number three, according to data. And they're like, that's not an accident. And then Crusher says, maybe we're trying, somebody's trying to tell us something. And we got data's brain kicking out a decade field modulation. And they say, what could be causing it? And then Jordy says, well, if I wanted to send information, that would be what, how I do it. And they say, well, what? And then Jordy says, well, Jesus, like, that's how I, like, and the Troy says, that's, do you think we sent ourselves a message? And Jordy says, maybe, maybe we're trying to tell ourselves something. And then Picard says, well, why the number three? And Riker says, maybe we should run a level three diagnostic. And Jordy says, okay, that's a good idea. And then that's when uh, they say, hey, Captain, get down here. We got uh, trouble on the bridge. Uh, let me see what else we got. Um, what does this say? Picard in room. Oh, it, like uh, when Picard gets the call, he's in his room totally relaxed. He's got two or three tea-like drinks or candles not lined up next to him. And he seems like he's perplexed running through his book, like trying to figure something out. And that's when he gets called to sick bay. That's when Dade and Jordy see all the threes. Uh, then the bridge to Picard. So then we get a nice shot. I don't put the time. Oh, no, 40-10, I did. Like all the staff marching onto the bridge in a very serious demeanor. 40 minutes and 10 seconds. Really cool. And then they we go through another run-through uh, of, of what happened, which is basically like, well, I'll give you the, this will be the first one. You know, they say, geez, we got some weird... Staying off of the starboard bow, and we just, we just, you know, then it's distortion, this time space continuum. Riker says, How do you think we did this before? And then Picard says, We'll back up. And then they say, Thrusters aren't working. Uh, Data says, We got this field fluctuating. And they say, Main systems down, power levels out, uh, energy buildup. Uh, and Troy says, Let's get out of here. Then the ship comes out. Riker says, shields shields up and base of maneuvers. They say, shields won't work, helm won't work. And then Data says, we got 36 seconds. They hail, that doesn't work. Picard says, suggestions. Riker says, decompress main shuttle bay. Uh, the reaction will get us out of the way. And Data says, how about the tractor beams? And Picard says, make it so. Yeah, it seemed like they were running through this faster, but Data thinks for a few seconds right before... He looks at uh, uh, Riker's neck and sees the three dots on his neck. And in a lightning, it, like totally, like this is like, uh, what do you call that? Not blasphemy, but whatever uh, you do on a ship uh, when you don't follow commands. But, you know, Picard likes, uh, Data says, the tractor beam will not be successful. I'm just decompressing the main shuttle bay. And that totally works. They get out of the way and... Uh, it will clear the distortion. 
let's see, Crusher, like, yeah, he overrides the order. Crusher was holding her arms across her chest, uh, noticed. And they say, geez, what, what, what was that? Worf says, we're clear that this, because it's data, what happened? Data said, at the last moment, I speculated that the three might refer to the number of the rank insignia on Captain Riker's uniform. This indicated to me that a suggestion might be the correct course of action. And then Jordy says, geez, data, you get, that was a message from the last loop, and you stacked the deck in the poker game without realizing it. So he did sack the deck just the last time, but like subconscious projection or whatever they said, suggestion. And Data says, yeah, it's possible. I might have made all these threes pop up on the ship too. And Picard says, Worf's put off that red alert and uh, get a time base beacon and see what time it really is and how long we've been in this causality loop. And Worf says, uh, we're off by 17.4 days. And that kind of gets everybody's attention because everyone's, like, freaked, you know. And then they say, what ship is that? Uh, like, And they say, they're, they're calling. And War says, it's a Soyuz class, a USS Bozeman. And Jordy says, Soyuz class? They haven't been in service in 80 years. And Picard says, open a channel. And you, my, my, my head was spinning because it's uh, Captain Morgan Batesman. But I put WTF double explanation point because it's Frazier F. and Kane from two hit sitcoms. Uh, so we're looking at this bearded visage of uh, um, Kelsey Grammer. I, couldn't, I was like, oh, what a great surprise. I love Kelsey Grammer. And they say, hey, Captain Morgan Bates, Bates and says, can we render you any assistance? We're on the Federation ship Bozeman. And Picard says, well, I'm on the Enterprise. I was going to ask you the same thing. And uh, Grammar says, uh, well, I don't even recognize your ship. Uh, and Picard says, do you have any idea what happened? And Bateson says, yeah, there's a temporal distortion and then our ship saw yours, and Picard says, we've been in a causality loop, a temporal one. And I think you have too. And Bateson says, no, no, no. He goes, we just left Starbase. He goes, look at this beard. Has it grown an inch? And Picard says, then everybody starts to look sad on the Enterprise because they say, do you know what, Captain, do you know what year it is? And Bateson says, yeah, it's 2278. Or 2017. Uh, so, you know, two, like not that far in front of us, 250 years or so. And Picard says, maybe you should come aboard our ship. We better, we got something we need to talk about. And you could tell Picard really feels for him and the whole crew. And it was, I mean, and then the hardest part was that there's no sequel to this episode. So it's like, that was hard. I was like, there's no sequel to this? Uh, more Kelsey Grammer? I mean, I think it was cool because I guess, like, uh, he was a big fan and he really wanted to be on the show. And they also try, like, uh, like, whatever, like, that's cool. I thought that was cool. So then that was the end of the episode. Quite an episode. Very Groundhog Day. Uh, very well, very well done with, with the last, uh, the last couple twists I really liked. All right. Good night.